baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This is not Rick Springfield. No, how about that little Sammy Hagar? I'd recognize that anywhere. Well, he would, but I wouldn't. I would have said you Rick Springfield. Because is there a lawsuit because no, no. of the similarities? No, it's the exact same song. Oh, it's the same song. Oh, Rick my bad. Springfield made Sammy Hagar a lot of money in like 1982. Yeah. Sammy Hagar wrote this. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. You know that's kind of like Dolly. She she She's has made Whitney. more money. She off loves of, Whitney Houston. She she does. <laughs> she has made more money off of that song, and has gotten all of her improvements on a regular basis because of, <laughs> no, she she you jokes, got it. Have you ever seen her? She's adorable. I saw her live, not in person. Yeah, I saw her live a couple of years ago. Great. That was a great show. And she talked after every song and told the story about every single song. She played all the hits. Did you? Did you think that she was lip syncing at that concert? For those that were there, there was some. There was somebody that walked up and said she lip synced through that whole thing. I'm like, no, not once. No, she was heaving. She was. I mean, she's seventy some years. She was breathing heavy. She had to sit down. She Be- did. Yeah. She brought the cowboy out. Remember that? Mm-hmm. She and- brings the cowboy out. Ladies, what do you think? And you know the the women go crazy. And she said, "Boys, what do you think?" <laughs> <laughs> she knows her audience. Yeah. She knows her audience. Uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't think and she, she lip-synced played at all. yackety sax on the fiddle. She's amazing. Anyway, she we, really we go sick. from Sammy to, to Dolly. Sammy I'm sure, to Dolly. I'm sure neither one would care uh, that we we put those in the same group. But you get a little bit of everything at Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Uh, Mark Cox in here along with uh, Bo Matthews, Carl Middleman. Hello. Great to have you uh, along with us. Uh, we, you know, we we we've got a great show for you today. Honestly, um, guns and more guns and hunting <laughs> and big game hunting and it, it, I've learned. Uh, you'll learn so much from the show today, just about what's available out there to you. Uh, if you've never considered uh, trying to get a, a a big animal tag, like a deer tag or an elk or something like that, Bear. you might have hope. Yeah. After you talk to uh, listen to our guests later. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Lou, Lou Rupp is going to join <laughs> us. A uh, guy that I met at uh, the procession or near the procession where Jared uh, Schmitz, the Marine that was buried on that day, that you know shut down highways all over St. Louis. This old guy walks up to me and just starts talking. And I was like, is this guy crazy? And then I was like, no, he's not crazy. He and knows then he exactly. sent you mail. Yeah, he sent me a lot of mail. I mean, when you get a lot of mail, you get a little concerned. Do you ever do you ever get a lot of you know packages that you're like, hey, hey, Carl, open this up for me, will you? <laughs> <laughs> What's, What's this, this dust coming out of? package <laughs> has in it? Is it ticking? So, it's sweet and low. It's sweet and low. <laughs> Uh, you know, the, the one I will say, we're talking hunting and guns. I do want to talk about the story of a living fossil. Was uh, that's what they regard an alligator gar found for the first time in a Kansas river. Now they've had gar before, but not this particular alligator gar that uh, four and a half feet long, 
39 and a half pounds, and a guy named Butch got it, so it can't be all bad. So it's the first time they know of that one of these has been caught there. That's and what they're clearly, saying. clearly, if it's that big, it's been there a long time. Yeah, and uh, the living fossil aspect, that's what it's known for. That just intrigues me because it shows, you know, this is like, you know, alligators are like dinosaurs. Or, you know, did they live in the dinosaur era? Did sharks live in the dinosaur era? Uh, they, they, that's why they call this thing a living fossil. It's that it's that old. It's been around that long. Well, as long as they don't refer to me that way, I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mark and I were actually watching alligators this morning. And koala bears. And koala bears. Oh, uh-huh. Over coffee? No, because Annie Fry has YouTube TV, and we don't know how to change the channel. And so she must have had something. She was probably watching Discovery Channel to watch Shatner okay. go up. And then we couldn't figure out how to turn it off, and so we were watching the outdoors. We were watching I think koalas. it's supposed to mean, like, relaxing or something. I don't know. You, yeah. You, could, you, you know, you're, I guess you're lucky it wasn't on the cat channel, you well, know, the kitten channel. Glover, Glover used to have like a fire on there. Right. I remember that. And so. And my brain would say, why is it so warm in this room? And it yeah, wasn't. You'd, you'd feel that way. Um, yeah. You know, we, the, the show is called Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. What about the Great Beyond? Can we talk about William Shatner just for a moment? Because I'm just impressed. At 90, the guy finally gets to go to where he's been known to be. And all he did was look out the window the whole time. And boy, the was he oldest. strapped in tight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, the thing about it is when um, he finally got up there to weightlessness, which is pretty significant for Bill if you've seen him these days. <laughs> uh, <he's, laughs> or me. The, everybody man. else is kind of floating around and he kind of wouldn't allow, he kind of braced himself and just stared out the window the whole time. I didn't see much... Much Captain Kirk floating video. That's kind of what I was hoping for. Uh, I, I've got to believe that uh, Captain Kirk videos, Star Trek videos, were you know had a huge bump because of this. Memes. But, uh, the memes. Yeah, with the, with the, somebody said that uh, well he's up there. Everybody should change into Planet of the Apes uh, costumes. Oh, so that's he awesome! Lands. Oh my <laughs> yeah. goodness. Uh, I, I did see one meme that said uh, uh, you know congratulations William Shatner Star Trek one. Star Wars Zero. So I'm thinking, <laughs> Mark who Hamill's do, next. Who do uh, is he on the list? I don't know. Oh, okay, no. But I was trying to think who would be the next person that people would think. Oh, it would oh, have yeah. to be uh, Hamill or Ford. Hamill. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Maybe but he flies already. He could just he. We don't know if Harrison's already flown up that. <laughs> yeah, when uh, when they were approaching uh, the Blue Origin, big you know phallical symbols, the <laughs> rockets in there. Mark no other way to meme. describe it. <laughs> it just does. Uh, look like, you know, it looked like the giant massager in the Carol Wright b- booklet that they used to come. <laughs> a, a giant toadstool. It's just a neck massager. That's all it is. Come on, Bo. Oh, my God. <laughs> now he's choked up. Oh my Listen God. to this him. This is the great I, indoors I, now. I, I really thought, I really thought that, um, that Jeff Bezos was going to go, you know what, let me jump in there with you. You know, I want, I want to go up there because it well, looks. They, they can seat six. It can seat six. I think. Yep, they've only, only up four. four each time. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it's a weight issue. Maybe Shatner weighed Shatter. enough for two people. <laughs> it, 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 I've, I've, I've actually been a little bit shamed on a helicopter ride one time, and it was a touristy deal out in Vegas. How much do you weigh? And oh, well, stop. It, no, but it was that early, and I was. It was just me and my wife <laughs> in the in the helicopter. All of a sudden, they stopped. They said, "Oh, we got four more people." I'm like, "Oh, come on!" Well, then they added what our weights were because mm-hmm. they do that. Well, then we had to stop for fuel halfway back from where we were going. Uh huh. Yep, yeah. it's all me. We yeah. got to know how much fuel to put in. Fill her up. If, nope. if Bezos had really wanted, to, if he'd wanted to do that even better, because you know he clearly did did the Shatner thing for publicity. Of and course, because we're talking sh- about it. He should have <laughs> gone and gotten Nichelle Nichols Ahura 
and had her run comms for the whole oh, thing. Wouldn't no, that have been great? Absolutely. Listening absolutely. to her voice as they announced the blast off, that Captain, would have been fantastic. we are ready to go. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. would have been cool. Yeah, th- and thank <clears throat> you to Sergeant O'Hara. Is that what it is? She Lieutenant. Was, Lieutenant. Lieutenant O'Hara. Lieutenant O'Hara. Uh, for Bluetooth technology. It was all her. Yeah. You yeah. know, the, the yeah. Bluetooth in the ear thing. in her ear, yeah. But, you know, the capsule is really small. I mean, it looks really small, especially if you're going to cram six people in there. Could you imagine getting in the capsule of the arch, one of the capsules of the arch that you go up to the, the top egg. with, mm-hmm. and take and they say, okay, you can go into space in this. Yeah, nope. I don't think I could do it. I don't. Some I, people can't even get in that thing. I, right. I know my point. Yeah, <laughs> my point. Yeah, <laughs> and you could not do that if you had the slightest bit of uh, claustrophobia. So you know, uh, I wanted to address this before we get too far along in the show today. This weekend, there was a shoot. This week, I should say, there was a shooting. Uh, five people were killed in Norway. And, of course, they find out the guy was on the terrorist watch list and all this stuff. He killed the people with a bow and arrow. He he didn't kill anybody till the police showed up. And then he killed four women and a man with a bow and arrow. And injured three. And injured three other people wow. with a bow and arrow. You know, I haven't heard anybody calling for a ban on bows and arrows. Uh, because maybe, maybe, just maybe, this is way out there and it may be controversial. Maybe it's the crazy individual that does these things and not the weapon that they choose to use. Because they could drive a truck down a street in Nice and run over people. Or they can pack a truck with fertilizer and blow up the front of a federal building. Or they can use a bow and arrow. It's it's the end. I get so sick of the, particularly the Biden administration, choosing to jump on the ban, uh, gun bandwagon every time there's a shooting in the United States without acknowledging that it's got very little to do with the tool that was used. It's the tool that did the killing, the individual. Right. It's the, the mi- it's the mindset of that person. Right. You actually made a comment that I about drove off the road not too long ago on your morning show was that I'm going to blame the fork for making me fat. <laughs> it's a that is best a, analogy I've heard. Uh, and I love it. And I love it. And that's the way people really need to think about it because you're not you can't take everybody's guns. It's not going they they will they will resort to rocks and sticks if they need to because evil lurks. That's a that's just a fantastic point. Well, speaking of finding your next uh a toy uh, because I'd love to collect guns and um, I I know a lot of people see the signs on the side of the road and they're like gun show I'm going there's a big one coming up uh, down in Arnold we're going to tell people about here in just a couple of minutes I really wish I still had my very first Daisy BB gun I got when I was seven years old that thing rusted out on me so bad oh it did it really yeah <laughs> it did. yeah they don't uh, last very long no they really don't all right. Coming up next, more on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors, we promise. Hey, Rob. 
Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It is Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. Mark Cox, Bo Matthews, and Carl Middleman. Pew, pew. There it is. There it is. This segment is brought to you by Razorback Armory, a gun concierge in De Pere. They are just a half mile east of 270 on Manchester Road. A great store to go into, especially if you're looking for a silencer for your weapon. Something I didn't know is a silencer, let's say, is a 40 cal- 45 caliber. You can get that in a, a, a sh- uh, to attach to your, your handgun or to your long gun. It's just amazing. Let them explain it. Go to RazorbackArmory.com to find out more information. You know me. If, uh, if I can find one on a weekend, I am going to be at... The gun show. Are you serious? How do you go I every love, time? I love going to gun shows. I do. In fact, my, my daughter was riding with my wife in the car the other day. They pulled up to a corner, and there was one of those uh, signs that people stick in the ground to promote these gun shows. It says gun show this weekend, sure, sure. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Apparently, <laughs> my wife and my daughter, without me because I wasn't in the car, considered getting out and removing the sign out of fear that I would see it and then want to go to the gun show. Because they know that if there's a gun show, I want to be there. Guess how I got this guest this I, week. I don't know, Carl. You saw a sign? I saw a sign. <laughs> Looked like a real estate sign. That said, gun show this weekend. And I wrote down the website and I got a hold of Tom. Well, that would be the Missouri Arms Collectors Association. They're having a gun show this weekend in the Arnold Eagles Hall, and uh, we've got Tom Knox with us this morning. Tom, how are you? Just fine, gentlemen. Hey, great great to get you on here. Tell us, uh, I imagine uh, business is good these days, huh? Well, it, it's interesting, yes. There's <laughs> a, a immense shortage of ammunition out there. Uh, apparently due to the COVID and, and the companies having problems getting it produced. So, and in particular, uh, hunting ammo for the upcoming hunting season. The the normal rounds that hunters would use are in very, very short supply. So, yeah, it, it's kind of crazy out there. Uh, and, you know, I would guess that it has something to do with all those cargo ships off the coast of California uh, I don't even know what the count is. Last last count I heard was like 80 ships, and there's a lot of uh, great ammo that comes in from around the world. And if it's held up there, they can't get it off the ship. It ain't going to make it to the gun store or the gun show. Well, that's absolutely true. But it's also the local, the American companies that are having problems keeping up with the demand. So, yeah. yeah, it's a combination of everything. You know, I'll have to say, Tom, and I just I don't know if you heard the intro there, but I, I love going to, to gun shows whenever I can find them. And my experience is, even if I'm having trouble finding something at my local store, I can often go... Uh, to something like the Missouri Arms Collectors Association uh, uh, gun shows, and there are vendors there who usually have ammunition. Um, I, I, I was looking for thirty thirty win right after I bought a, a gun last year. I couldn't find it anywhere. I went to the gun show. I found it there. There you go. That, and that's what what happens is you have a lot of just local fellas who are collectors and are enthusiasts who come to the shows and set up. And that's about the only place you can find some of the unusual or, or 
short stock, short supply ammo these days. You know, isn't that, isn't that amazing though? I mean, the thirty thirty Winchester has been around since the late eighteen hundreds. Right. It's the to, to my knowledge, I don't know another gun that fires that particular uh, cartridge, and you can't. There's a shortage of it. You can't find it anywhere. It's amazing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the the lever action Winchester and the lever action Marlins are both chambered for that caliber. Yeah. And and yes, it's it's almost impossible to find today. <laughs> it's amazing. Hopefully you got a stockpile uh, at home because uh, otherwise you may not you may have to pick something else if you want to go deer hunting. I ha- I have no comment on what I have at home. I'm not, hey, and I'm not asking. <laughs> I'm not the government. I I will eventually need a count though. Uh that's okay, a little frightening. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh let's uh let's shift gears here. Uh, uh if if you have uh, you know, this gun show that's rolling through town, are you getting new vendors that are coming on to your shows, or is it the same crew that's always been with you? Well, it, it, the difference with Missouri Arms Collectors, we incorporated as a nonprofit club in 1975, and we've put on two shows a year ever since then. We are the only local promoters of shows. Oh. Everybody else has been bought out by out-of-town companies, promoters who bring in their own entourage of people from out of town. Yeah. So ours is still all local collectors and local dealers. And our primary interest is more in the more collectible stuff. So you'll see probably 50% of the show will be antique to through the end of World War II, and the other 50% will be more modern guns. Well, I think that's uh, important to know. Uh, something I would like to know is, uh, do you have ammo suppliers that are part of the show? Yes, we do. Okay. There, w- there will be a, a, at least, well, there'll be at least one uh, who who is in business, and then there, they'll be sporadic all over the show. There'll be different fellows that will have one or two or 10 or 20 boxes yeah. on their table. Yeah. And and a lot the, the as much as anything Bo if you don't go to a lot of these the thing I enjoy is just having conversations with some of the some of the people that show up some of the guys who their their, their depth of knowledge on uh, you name it. You you pick the firearm, whether it's an antique uh, collectible or something more modern is just it's unbelievable. You I learn something every time I go. Right, right. Well, that's what we, again, that's our goal is to promote the collecting as well as the shooting of of firearms. And so we will have dealers there in all types of different firearms. Uh, Personally, I'm the president of the National Automatic Pistol Collectors Association, which is a worldwide organization dealing with semi-automatic pistols from their inception pretty much just in 1945, although some of the fellows do get into the more modern stuff. So... I'm the one that everybody calls here locally to find out about their Luger or their P38 or yeah. their 45 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that 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 I love going and and just uh, just browsing. It's rare that I go there and don't come home with something, even if it's just a, a new gun case or an accessory, because you've always you've always got people there that are that uh, have um, holsters and everything else you would need. Is that is it still true, Tom? Yes, yes, it yeah. is. 
Yeah. It, it, you know, and it is. It's it's different than reading, you know, a rifleman magazine or a firearms magazine. You get around people of like-minded uh, abilities and, and interest, and it you, you just, you don't you don't meet a stranger. Everybody, you know, everybody is, uh, has a common interest in supporting the Second Amendment. And again, I'm glad you differentiated uh, the Missouri Arms Collectors Association's MissouriArms.com uh, website for this show because it isn't your traditional, you know, Big Bang show that shows up at, you know, St. Charles or wherever. This is just a little bit different um do you i've been finding i've been talking to some people tom that uh, have been really interested and even moving towards the reloading uh, area of firearms do you guys offer uh vendors that that are specialized in reloading and how to do that and the equipment and stuff like that well again there will be various people there with reloading supplies now the problem is with the reloading supplies is they are in a sharp supply as the ammunition itself. Sure. Yeah. Uh, primers for loading cartridges are almost impossible to find, and so it, it's become as much of a problem as finding the regular ammunition. Yeah. Yeah, uh, very true, and and fortunately, uh, we've so so fortunately you've got we've got people like the Missouri Arms Collectors Association uh, out there. You guys work hard at this. I, I have to ask, I, you you. Do you normally go to Arnold for this? Have you had to find different locations because of some of the some of the uh, restrictions that have been put in place in, like, say, the city of St. Louis or St. Louis County in the past year and a half? Not so much in the past year and a half, but it's been an ongoing problem. I mean, originally our shows were at the South County Complex, the St. Louis County uh, Park across from Susan. And at one point they got someone running the parks department who was not interested in having firearms there so we were actually uh, we had to cancel a show two days before the event and so after that we've just moved from place to place and we seem to have found a home in arnold it would be nice if it was bigger yeah but <clears throat> still in all they, they seem to be very pleased with us and we have no problems with them it only takes one to complain right yeah uh, yeah, the right. squeaky wheel gets the grease. Uh, you know, really interested to see in the show, uh, Mark. I, gosh, I may run into you outside this yeah, building I, at I this would, gun show. I would, I would love to uh, get down there this weekend. I'm certainly going to see what I can do. Fantastic. And Tom, just a reminder. I mean, you've got people there that are buying as well, correct? Yes, uh, buying, appraising, identifying. Now that's that's what we're more about than anything else well i talk about razorback armory uh they restore guns and they they appraise them as well Uh, i don't know if they're involved uh with this show but uh do you guys also have people that are specialized in restoring you know grandpa's old hunting rifle no we we have a fellow that we use i i have a a military collectible shop in lima and a very good friend of mine who is a pattern maker from czechoslovakia is who the fellow we refer people to uh, the problem with restoring is at what point are you just cleaning it up and it, and preserving the value and the historical value of it, and at what point have you crossed the line and refinished it and therefore have lost the, sure, the value right. of it. Sure. So you have to be very careful with, with what steps you take That's there. That's a good point. Yeah, uh, it's a great point. So, Tom Knox, listen, thank you. The uh, the uh, Missouri Arms Collectors Association gun show is going on this weekend. Uh, tell us the hours again at the Arnold's Eagle uh, Hall. It'll be open from 4 to 8 Friday evening from 9 to 5 Saturday and 9 to 3 on Sunday. Outstanding. And how much is it to get in? I believe it's $9. 
if I'm not mistaken. Okay, worth the price yep. of admission. Nine dollars public admission. Very good. Uh, kids under twelve are free. It looks like first responders yep. can get in for free. That's great. You know, yes. I, I, I have an idea. You and I next year because we don't have time this year to throw it together. But we should rent a, a vendor booth at the show <laughs> and just have sticks and rocks and sell sticks and rocks. <laughs> Just in case. This is just in case. The, yeah. the just in case plan. <laughs> I, I have to admit, my partner at one show that he attended out of town, just for a joke, picked up some rocks off of the parking lot and took them on his table and was actually selling them for a quarter apiece. <laughs> See? Dang it. I can't have an original thought. Oh, well. There you go. Yeah. Tom Knox, thanks for your time, and uh, good luck this weekend. All right, thank you, fellas. You bet. 1725 Jeffco Boulevard, by the way, is where the uh, Arnold Eagles Hall is located. I cannot wait to talk to our next guest. Uh, I met, I'll met. i tell you how I met him, but this guy is probably the biggest game hunter that I've ever met uh, in person on the planet. His name is Lou Rupp, and he uh, also, for those of you that fantasize about uh, hunting in western states... He has waited years and years for that right tag, for that right animal, and he may have some tips on how to get that in the the, the, the permit lottery, if you will. Lou Rupp is coming up next on Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. Stay right there. Uncle Ted Nugent here. Come on. This is his great hunting tribute to Fred Bear. We're going to meet the uh, current day equivalent of Fred coming up here (laughs) in just a couple of minutes. Welcome back to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. This segment is brought to you by Chuck's Boots. They feature uh, hunting boots of all sizes for youth hunters, uh, old hunters, uh, middle-aged hunters. Maybe you're just getting into the sport. Uh, maybe you just like to go hiking. They've got you covered at Chuck's Boots. Uh, of course, motorcycle riding is still happening for some. They've got a great selection. If you haven't been in a while, go to this family-owned business. They always have been family-owned. Chuck's Boots in Fenton in St. Peter's. And online, you can shop at chucksboots.com. Tell them Bo sent you. And... I have to tell you, when uh, the Marine from Wentzville was buried, Jared Schmitz uh, was buried, uh, gosh, how long has it been now? A month or so? I was at the corner uh, of uh, Telegraph and the entry to uh, Jefferson uh, Barracks uh, Memorial Cemetery, and this guy walks up to me, and he says, I listen to your show all the time, you and Mark, uh, and he says, uh, I would love to share my experiences, and he started... Talking. Some people come up to you and they they start blowing smoke. It's like, come on, come on. What's it? But you know what? About thirty seconds <laughs> I got a in, story for you. Yeah, and, and about thirty seconds in, Mark, I was like, oh man, this guy's legit. And uh, so shortly after that, I received a packet of information in the mail, old school mail, not email, because I think he's a little bit old school. And uh, he is legit. I've shown you his hunting resume, Mark. Uh, Lou Rupp is his name, and Lou uh, he he goes by the average Joe. Uh, he's an American husband, father. I presume, but an American hunter that has traveled the world and hunted uh, everywhere in all kinds of sports. But uh, I also wanted to put out there that if you've had a desire to shoot and hunt in the western states, this guy knows the challenges and may be able to help you get some of those permits. Lou, welcome to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Finally, sir. Morning, Bo. How are you? 
Good. Tremendous yourself. That's great. I'm, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, Mark Cox along here. I do want to put out there, uh, this is a side note, Fort Zumwalt South class of 2023 raised $30,000 in mo- uh, memory of fallen Marine Jared Schmitz. Did you hear oh, about that? I did not. That is That's beautiful. Great. So yeah, uh, the, young, the young kids stepping up for that young man. Uh, Lou, you, you kind of hit me broadside when I met you in person. But you are a legit hunter. After I've seen this resume, uh, when did your hunting, uh, uh, the love of hunting, begin? Oh, probably when I was nine or ten years old. Who took you? My dad and uh, then other relatives and, you know, looking at pictures in Field and Stream magazine back then. Yeah. And it triggered my interest. And uh, and you have gone all the way to uh, shoot, uh, hunting all over the world. Yes, sir, I have. Uh, but the one thing you wanted to talk to us about and to share your experience was getting a permit in a western state, because obviously the animals are beautiful out there. What do you got for us? Well, uh, first off, let me classify a little bit. I say western states because that's where most of my hunting has been. But if people aren't aware of the fact, 21 states in the United States have a lottery drawing for their hunting tags, including all the way up in Maine and New Hampshire. Wow. And that's an annual lottery draw each year. Uh, to explain the basic of a lottery draw, you make application for a particular unit in a state, and there's a deadline and all what have you. You, for, you uh, forward your application and your uh, fees. Um, if you are unsuccessful, uh, you get a rejection letter, which uh, most people have a pile of, and you receive everything back money-wise with the exception of your uh, application fee, maybe 10 or $15. Okay, yeah. Okay, then here's the goodie. They grant you what they call a bonus point or a preference point. So what that means is every year you make application and are not successful, you build points. So each year you are increasing your odds in that particular unit for that particular species. Oh, okay. So it's not. Um, I, how do they weight it then? If it's a lottery, I guess is my. I think of a lottery that just randomly picking names. But if they're weighting that for some people, how does that work? The weighting goes by if say let's say I have submitted an application for a deer tag in the state of Colorado five years in a row and have not been successful. On my sixth year. My name goes in the hat six times. Oh, I see. Great. Oh, okay. All right. Perfect. Okay. Uh, unlike the Powerball. Yeah. <laughs> now, some, some states, even if, uh, you know, a lot of people can't plan their schedule the whole year, there's some states that if you started building points and you want to keep accumulating points, but for some family reason, whatever, you can't even think about going hunting next year, you can actually purchase a bonus point. Oh, wow. And that adds to your your accumulation. Yeah. So so you say that you've waited and wait. What's the longest you've waited to get a, a tag? Well, I'm still waiting on some. <laughs> oh, no kidding. There, and, I, and I'm over twenty years. There well, are states where you've applied for twenty years and never gotten a tag. Yes, sir. Well, yes, sir. Utah, Nevada. I think I'm sitting on twenty five or twenty six. For uh, Rocky Mountain sheep. My goodness. Well, you did have success uh, by getting a, a tag in Arizona. Tell us about that. That was uh, after, I've already called, 16, 17 years. And uh, again, um, if your mission is just to go hunting, you know, you can put it into different areas. But if you want a chance at a really nice animal, uh, better than average, then you, you focus in on particular units. 
And in the state of Arizona, the the Ultimati God is Unit uh, 13A called the Arizona Strip. It's the northeast corner of Arizona uh, between uh, Grand Canyon and Utah. Wow. And there's only one non-resident tag per year. <laughs> so so you're basically saying don't give up hope, because if you don't swing, you're never going to hit the ball. That's you're that. never going to hit the ball. That's, that's my byline. So wow. does that also work on an international level, the uh, the point system and, and submitting for tags and things like that? Because no, I would think no. that... So so, how do you how do you hunt internationally? Because you've hunted in Spain and, and you New basically Zealand? get aligned yourself with uh, and, and diff- different countries call di- call it different things. In Canada, they call what we call national forest. They call crown land. And outfitters can commercially buy the right to commercially hunt a particular area, and that's their God given right until they they give it up. So they control the tags. I see. And for that you, area, and then you buy an outing. You, with you, them you basically pay to go hunting with them. Yeah. Okay, and they they furnish the tag. Yeah, that's Look, the way it is across the world. So, except so, the United States. So, I, so I have to ask. I'm looking down the list here. So let me talk about North America first. You've, yes, got, sir. you've got an impressive number. You've got animals in here. I didn't. I've never even heard of before. <laughs> but, but what is so everything from mountain goats to bears to deer and elk and sheep and everything? What What is your most prized? Uh, uh, trophy from North America so far, and and tells that story. I, if I had to pick one area, I'm an alpine hunter. What okay. does that mean? Top of the mountain. Okay. Sheep and mountain goats. And what's the uh, what's the longest shot you've uh, you've had to take? Because I've seen some videos on YouTube that are like that dude never walked all the way to that other mountain range. I had to in, in Siberia, Russia. I was forced to sheep. They, he he spotted me. Okay. He obviously knew I was there, and I was forced. With someone else's rifle. Wow. To shoot six hundred and twenty five yards, but I do not condone that. I try to get as close as I can. Cause you don't want to leave one injured out there. Never. Uh, no. yeah, or, or yeah, absolutely. That that's absolutely Never. the worst. I mean you've seen the ones where the camera like zooms and zooms and zooms and I mean all the way to where the animal is because the you know camera technology is amazing. It's like, and then that's where I think there's no way that guy went over there to get that. No, <laughs> maybe by helicopter. I don't know. Um, and and what about uh, you talked about North America hunting? Uh, your favorite hunt from anywhere else but North America? Well, what I've hunted sheep in in um, oh in Russia, Mongo- Mongolia, and China, where you can't even hunt any longer. Yeah. Um, or Spain. Spain has ibexes, and ibexes are a member of the uh, goat family. Never even heard of it. <laughs> and the beauty is they have four different ibexes in, in Spain. And you've got one of each, don't you? Yes, sir. Wow. Have you so, ever uh, went snipe hunting? Snipe hunting. <laughs> or jack- closest I can. Or, no, sir, not with a bag. Or, or, or uh, jackalope? Or jackalope? <laughs> the closest I ever came was in Turkey. Boy, we hunted wild boar at night. Oh, oh boy. Wow. Yeah. Lasers? Uh, night vision? Uh, well, or? it was really kind of interesting. Uh, you have a government man with you at all times in the mountains. Um, you go to National Forest, the equivalent of it, uh, you take your boots off, tie them around your neck, and you walk in heavy wool socks, so you don't want to make any noise on the gravel. Um, you hear 
some grunting or some noises. They have some night binoculars. They're old uh, World War II Russian night binoculars. <laughs> Everything's green. And they point out, there it is right there, and there's a big black blob. Well, then you have to go back to your normal telescope. In the dark. In the dark. And obviously they don't look the same. So I think I probably went back and forth two or three times to make sure I knew what black blob it was. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Wow. Lou, uh, the average Joe Hunter, I don't think that really should be your title, but uh, what, what, is your, what is your very next hunt from, from today? Well, I'm going to try to draw some more tags. Yeah. For okay. Missouri or elsewhere? Uh, well, this, this coming year I will put in for Utah, Nevada, and Arizona. So let me ask, uh, Lou, because the list you sent Bo here is is incredible, the, num- the number of animals. Some of these are clearly trophies. Do you have yes, these sir. animals mounted? I mean, you'd need a pretty large house to do that. I have uh, actually three rooms. Okay, all right, good, good. Two in my, ho- my house and one at the lake. Amazing. So, I think Bo and I are going to have to get a personal invitation to come and see something. No problem, anytime. <laughs> well, uh, you know, you, we can talk about hunting uh, the firearms or the uh, weapons you use, the, your favorite hunting boots, your clothing. But the one thing that I did take away from our meeting uh, over near Jefferson Barracks Memorial Cemetery uh, was that the, the most important thing is to have a supportive wife. And yeah, you, you definitely were blessed with that, correct? Obviously, obviously she was. <laughs> so, and the other big plus about it was she worked for the airlines for 30 years. Oh, Hello. Yeah. So, so it was extended travel. That helped very much. I'm sure, I'm sure it did. So, so Lou, here, here's my question. I mean, people are probably intimidated by the process of getting the tags, of, of finding the outfitters, depending on where you're going, to help you with the guides and all that stuff. What, what do we need to do to, to recruit that next generation of people who are doing what you've been doing for all these years? I have over the years, I just gave you a couple of examples. Over the years, well, I, I, uh, once or twice a year, I have a table for a weekend up at Cabela's in Hazelwood. Okay. Uh, I, I worked the Sheep Foundation booth at uh, the NRA shows, uh, SCI shows, what have you. And you're, we focus on, I'd say, the early to mid-20 people. Yeah. They, they, um, they're all interested. They're all fired up. Uh, they're kind of a little intimidated to come in and talk to you. And uh, I think I shared this with Bo, but I, and what I'm going to tell you right now has happened thousands of times. And I, and I would bet a million dollars I can tell you exactly their words. Mm-hmm. There'll be two or three of them standing out in the aisle looking. We've got a, a, a stone sheep mounted head there. And they're oohing on that sheep. <laughs> but they won't come in and talk to me. <laughs> so I just go out to them and say, now, whatever you do, don't touch that sheep. Oh, I, w- I, w- I wouldn't think about touching him. I said, no, you're welcome to. Huh? They look at me like, you know, what's this individual smoking? <laughs> and, uh, but now I've got him in the booth. And I, and I said, because if you touch those horns, what's going to happen here in about four or five days, you're going to get an itchy fever, and you've got to go hunt. <laughs> I, I can't afford that. I can never think about it, yada, yada, yada. I said, if you've got five minutes, I'm going to tell you how you can go Hunting sheep, just, I mean, not become full-time sheep guy, but go hunt sheep in the United States and the Western States as reasonable as you can go hunt mule deer. Wow. Now I got their attention. 
and I start explaining all the about the, the lotteries and the different states and what have you. Uh, they real quick. Their answers are, well, yeah, but it's a lottery and the odds are so poor. What's the use? That's when I shake their hand and say thank you, because <laughs> I said if you yes your attitude, you're one of us competitor for me. Right, right. That's and they true. look at me like, oh, you still do that? <laughs> I said, I still do it in every state that allows me to do it. Because some states are once in a lifetime. Yeah, yeah. If, you're, if you're wanting to do something like this level of hunting, average Joe, not, right. Uh, right. You, you really have to be, you have to be uh, invested. Committed. Uh, emotionally committed to an institution. Oh, that's another subject. Sorry. <laughs> um, before we let you go, Lou, I do want to ask you, what animal hunt, what hunt that you, you've tried to, to do uh, or to acquire uh, or to dispatch, as Mark likes to say, uh, what animal has evaded your hunting career that you have just not had a chance? Anything? None. 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 He's gotten them <laughs> all. Whatever. That, that, that doesn't mean I've come home with the animal all the time. <laughs> okay. Okay, but maybe the second time. Okay, good. Most exciting one, which people can't hunt now, again. Well, you can hunt him, but you cannot bring him back into the United States as the polar bear. Oh. And and in all the years that you have uh, hunted, have you ever seen Bigfoot? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> there should be one tag available, and give it to well, this I'm guy. Sure there should be. And then give it to people out there to look like him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lou, thank you so much for your time and uh, sharing Anytime your experiences. Else, anything I can do to, to help spread the word, let me know. Uh, do you have it on the book, so when you're going to be at uh, Cabela's next? Uh, not right now, I don't. No, okay. I don't. But you, it's usually around, you know, uh, the fall of the year and then the spring of the year. Okay, well, reach out and uh, shoot me an email or send me a letter through the mail. Okay. He's the last guy that does that, too. Uh, you you just uh, contact me, and it'd be uh, great to get that update when uh, people can come out to meet you, okay? I appreciate it. Thanks an awful lot. Lou, take care of yourself. Thank you. Outstanding. Bye-bye. Lou Rupp, uh, great to meet you. What a what a great American, man. I mean, That's... You could, I mean, if the show was seven hours long, you probably still wouldn't get everything out of He's him. He's a legend. Yeah, You know what? That's the word for him, not average Joe. I know. Wow. Outstanding. That's good stuff. That's what Second Amendment Radio and the great outdoors is all about. Have a great week. We'll uh, see you around next weekend. See you, boys. More at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.